Coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. Doing less means we have to identify what is their uniqueness and what is working well. Then we bring these pieces together and now we refine them until you can really systemize them and somebody else can continue doing it because now you can do more of them because you can hire two people, three people, four people. Do you want to learn the tricks that top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help lead to succeed. Picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, episode 75. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Simon Severino. Simon helps business owners in SaaS and services run their company more effectively, which results in sales that soar. Trusted by Google, Roche, Consilience Ventures, Amgen, AbbVie, he created the Strategy Spirits Method that doubles revenue in 90 days by getting owners out of the weeds. Simon is the CEO and founder of Strategy Sprints, a global team of certified Strategy Sprints coaches that helps clients gain market share in weekly sprints, which results in fast execution. TEDx speaker, contributor to Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, member of the SVBS Silicon Valley Blockchain Society, Simon, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to be here. Hello, everybody. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to hear about this piece about getting people out of the weeds. Uh, I think I know what it means, but I think that's a great place to start because it sounds like people must be stuck in something that you're helping them transition out of. And, you know, it's like uh, I'm just imagining like when you have a you know, a little a little toy car or something like that, and it's spinning its wheels, it's up against a wall, it doesn't have the ability to push forward, and then you redirect it, and boom, it flies off. So, like, it gets that energy, it gets that enthusiasm, and it sort of builds its motivation. Uh, I don't know if that's what you intend, but I'm curious to know what are the typical challenges that you find that people are having that your system allows them to break through and take that next level of success? I started by being a passionate individual who likes to do stuff. So I was a freelance business coach. I was coaching teams. I was coaching the team of BMW on how they can create a first born electric car and then how to execute that in the many countries that they do. So I would fly to them and then we would have a workshop and then I would fly back, come in the night. My family was sleeping already. And uh, sometimes I was proud of the work and, um, and sometimes I just, uh, I just was tired. <laughs> I've been there. But the point is, it wasn't working for my life. It was working in terms of business. So they have now their Born Electric series of cars, which is the i3, i8 that, that you, can, you can see on the streets. But I was good at helping teams take decisions, but I wasn't taking my own decisions. So my business was just flying to somebody, help them solve problems, fly back. That's not a business, I realized. That's a job. It's a series of jobs. They might be nice. They might be well paid. 
but it wasn't good for my life because uh, I wasn't seeing my wife a lot and um, I was becoming a father and that was a, a, a really bad position to be in. I didn't want to be a father that is never at home because he's always flying somewhere. So I said to myself, something needs to change. And that is what I mean, being in the weeds. Because I was in the fulfillment. I was stuck in operations. Now, if you say a business is made of three simple parts, it's operations, it's where you fulfill, but it's marketing and sales also, where you get the next project. Sure. I was stuck in operations. And let's say one week later, the next client would call and say, hey, can you do this? I would have to say, no, I can't. I'm fully booked. So it wasn't even a good business model. And so I said, okay, I need a good business model here. How do I get out? I, I hired a business coach. And first thing he told me was, Simon, you have to stop working in the business. We have to get you working on the business. You need to be two levels above fulfillment end of this year. And I was like, what? How do we do that? But bit by bit, I learned the technique of time analysis, of finding what, what wastes my time, what I should start delegating. And so I started analyzing my time and delegating the first thing and the second thing and the third thing, etc. And that's the work we need to do when we move from being a passionate individual to being an entrepreneur who runs a company. Now you don't lead the product, now you lead the company. And that's a leadership shift that I had to learn uh, the hard way. Uh, and this is now what we help people implement with our 90 days sprint coaching, where we have- if I, if I may jump in, I wanna hear more about your specifics in a second, but I didn't want that last comment to go without some counter comment, if you will. So I'm a former educator. And I got used to early on the idea that I need to do everything, right? I couldn't rely on an office because they weren't my secretaries. So on occasion, people would run copies for me or things like that. But for the most part, it was all on me, planning my lessons, executing my lessons, getting my materials, all of that. And even when I moved into school leadership, for the most part, I was still doing too much until I started to learn slowly but surely how to delegate more and more and to leverage my own abilities, as well as, you know, figure out from a, from a pure financial standpoint, we're going to invest more in our administration, but we don't want administration doing clerical or secretarial work, right? We want to be able to hire secretaries at a secretarial level to be able to do a lot of the work so that the principals can be focused on the things that really help move the academic needle and help our students perform. So I brought that into my coaching work, but it's the same thing. It took a while because I was thinking, I got to coach, I got to work, I got to do and do and do. And it's only been over time where I've been able to extricate myself from a lot of that, bring in next level people to be able to scale my business. So uh, it's very relevant. I really appreciate the comment. I'm sure a lot of people who are listening are doing the same. So now let's go back to where you were before. You talked about your 90-day I don't know if you call it a 90-day sprint, but I know you have a strategy sprint. So I'd love to hear how in 90 days you could really make that transformation. Yeah, we have a 90-day coaching cycle called the strategy sprint, which is made of 12 sprints of one week each. And in every week, we help people get out of 
one entanglement. So delegate one task after the other. So at the end of the 90 days, they have now freed up 10 to 14 hours per week from being in the business and are able to work on the business. So they can now design form, fit and function of the marketing system, form, fit and function of the sales system, what you were describing form, fit, and function of the administrative system. That you need time to do that. And if you are just reactive and um, in fulfillment, when do you do that? So you remember, when if I am eight hours in a workshop with BMW and I need to fly there and I need to fly back, the day is over. When do I work on form, fit, and function of my own sales system? Never. And that was the conundrum I was in. And I learned to get out of that. And now we coach people to get out of that. When, if they are entrepreneurs, we teach them how to get out of these weeds and how to really shape something that nurtures them. Because there is a mindset problem. Most people think they have to serve the business. They have to hustle. They have to put in 12 hours a day. And they don't allow themselves to think even, hey, what if the business serves my life? Nice. So I actually want to talk to you about that because you anticipated my next question about mindset because I'm imagining many of your clients get stuck, but you're teaching them something which is just a foreign idea. And when it's a foreign idea, a lot of people will just naturally, they'll put up their blockers, they'll hesitate, and they won't take purposeful action towards it because maybe they don't believe it. Maybe they don't feel that they deserve it. You know, that's interesting there. I'm curious to know what you see as the biggest resistance points to this transition and how do you coach people to break through those resistance points so that they're actually making the progress that they know deep down they need to be making? The first thing is they have to see that it works for, for, for being able to believe in it, right? So there are not many business owners who are relaxed, have long vacations, have a great family life, uh, they love their kids and have friends, etc., and run a, an impactful business. So first, you, you have to see it to believe it. So what, what, what happens when they work with us is that they see it happening in the Strategy Sprints team. We are 14 coaches. Simon is out of fulfillment. Simon does only interviews, hiring, culture, all the leadership things, right? Representing the business and nurturing the business. But I am not in fulfillment. And they see, oh, it works. If Simon can do it, I can do it. That's the first thing. They cannot book me as a coach anymore since years. And uh, But they have coaches and we are an amazing team. I am, I am with them without spending my time because there are the videos, there are the templates, there are a whole plethora of things that are super helpful. But Simon during that time is playing with his kids, is on his four weeks vacation on the Mediterranean, which I do every August. I'm just coming from a four weeks vacation from our beach house. And Welcome I made a back. ton of videos from there. Yeah, and I made a ton of videos from there saying, hey, look, you can have this. It's not that hard. You need a couple templates and, uh, and here they are. So the first thing is showing them instead of telling. Because as you say, when you tell somebody, they go into resistance. So don't tell, show by example. And so the I, second Go ahead. And the second thing is we have very 
practical exercises every week. So when they start the coaching program, week one, we find their time wasters. So we do the time analysis with them and we find what takes them energy, what gives them energy, what somebody else can do better than they do. And we help them uh, first sort out what to delegate and what to systemize. Week two is we help them hire people, uh, remote virtual assistants or full-time employees mm -hmm. that can do it with them. Week three, we help them write down the processes so that they become delegatable because first you have to write them down. Otherwise, nobody can do it for you if there is nothing sure. written. And so it's very practical, very small steps. But if you add them up after 12 weeks, you have a machine that's running, it's adaptable, it, it can handle surprises, it can react. And now you have distributed the responsibility, the ownership in, into the team, and it feels really different now. So I have a couple of things I want to ask you. I'm going to save the first one for a second because I want to get to this, this question, especially because it's sort of coming to my mind as you're talking. So here's my resistance not that, I, not that I don't trust and believe in everything you're saying and try to do the same thing, but I'm listening to it as somebody else who may not be as familiar and may not be as ready. And so my question, Simon, is, but this costs money. In other words, every time I need to delegate something, I've got to find somebody, whether it's a virtual assistant or it's a program that I have to pay for or it's a real person that I'm going to be bringing onto payroll. I need to invest in other people, other things in order to be able to have work done that I was doing until now. So how do I justify that short-term, let's call it investment, that's certainly that cost that I have to absorb for now with the hope that I'll be able to make that money back and then some? Like, how do you coach people specifically through that, that piece where they have to take a leap of faith almost to believe in the system enough that they're willing to put their money where their mouth is? Yeah, so let's take faith completely out of this equation because the only question is costs or investment and it's really an investment, it's not costs. Why? Because before we hire anybody, we create the process. So we know that it works, we have done it five times, now we write it down and now another person is doing it. Another person that costs a fraction of the hourly rate that you cost. And so you know your hourly rate, it's something between $60 and $250. And you will find somebody to do it for 20 or 25 or 35 or 50. So it brings money if we do it right. And there is the risk is, is minimal because what we do is first you create the process. So let me give you an example. Uh, when I started uh, handing over my social media work, I went to our creative app, which is Figma. I created all the templates. I, I, I wrote down how to create a post, when to post it, which day has which topic. I created five templates for every day as an example. I posted them, I sold the reaction, then I wrote it down, and then I hired Michelle to do it for me. So when Michelle started in the very first second, she had a document with all the resources, a link to all the folders and a, a description in 15 sentences on what to do when. Now, 
you take somebody who costs a fraction of your hourly rate and uh, you give them this task. So the risk is really only the probation period. So what we like to do is to have 60 days of probation period together. And then that's the risk really. But after latest 60 days, you know that it's working. So I have a couple of other things. First of all, you know that that's great. And I love the idea of, of sort of testing it yourself and going through the process, documenting. Um, what happens though, if you have a skill that you just don't, haven't developed? In other words, let's say for example, I don't know social media, to use your case. And I, I don't have the ability to create my own templates. So in that case, I'm really almost handing it off to somebody hoping that they're bringing in expertise that I don't currently possess. Mm -hmm. They know social media algorithms. They know scheduling. They know all these things. I don't. Um, so I don't want to go through the process of learning it all. Tell me a little bit about where you might need to have somebody come on board with a whole different set of skills that you don't even possess or have little experience with. Does that change anything? That would change a lot. And that's why we do not recommend doing anything that is risky. So our philosophy is... Let's find what is currently working. Let's simplify that. And let's create a repeatable and fun way to do this even more. And so that you don't need to be in there. That's how we work. So we would never come and say, hey, you are not doing search engine optimization. You need an agency for that. We wouldn't. Because if you don't have search engine optimization, you probably don't need it. We will find what is currently working in your business and we will amplify that. Our philosophy is really that every system has already everything that it needs. And it's usually about doing less, not doing more. And when we say doing less, that means finding the 20% that move forward 80% of the needle. Finding that one thing that is really unique to you. We, because we, what you're what you're saying here is very different. Sorry to cut you off, Simon, but I just want to understand this better. Because I think a lot of people, if you bring them in as consultants, they will start finding the things you're not doing. Oh, you need to be posting more on Facebook, or you need to be running ads, or you need to be SEO, or whatever it is. They'll see the things that you're not doing at all, or you're not doing very well. It sounds to me that you feel that most of what people have already chosen to do whether they did it strategically or sort of fell into it, are the things that they need to be successful if they would only do more of it with the right people doing it and having the other people, the, the real, so to speak, leadership, uh, taking a different stance so that they could grow the business. Yeah, it's about doing less and doing it in a way that is repeatable and fun because it's about the long term. So first, doing less. Doing less means we have to identify what is their uniqueness and what is working well. Then we bring these pieces together and now we refine them until you can really systemize them and somebody else can continue doing it because now you can do more of them because you can hire two people, three people, four people. For example, when we started creating our sales system and the sales system was working, then I hired three people to do the sales calls. Because first, you never want if one person leaves or is sick or goes on holiday to have a problem there. You always want redundancies in your, in your core activities. 
And then second, that's how you scale. Because when you have three, then you can have five, then you can have six. But the first one to do it, it was me. And so, and I did it until it was working. And then I said, okay, we are doing these six things. Which ones are really working? Where are we winning? And we have a whole template for that. And yeah, listeners can go and download even the template if they want. It's strategiesprints.com slash equalizer. With the equalizer, in 30 minutes, it's a spreadsheet that in 30 minutes help you, helps you identify exactly where you're winning and where you're not winning. So it goes through your eight to 10 main activities, does a competitive analysis. Where are you really winning? And the things where you're really winning are one or two. There are not many. When you have found that, now the, the, the inner work is really to let go of the rest. Less social media, less activities that don't create impact for your clients and for your team. But doing them better and better and better. And now amplifying them is month three of the sprint where we scale it up by hiring people because now it's something that is scalable. So now it's time to scale it. So tell me about the fun piece because you've mentioned it a, a couple of times already. Uh, I, I think I know where you're going with it, but I'd love to hear you unpack it. Yeah, so what's the best process? Uh, the best process is one that people use. What's the best app? It's one that your team really uses, right? Independently, if it costs $100 more per month or less, do they really use it? That's the most important thing. And, and, and why? How, how are we wired? We are wired to do things that are fun to use. So what's the best thing for your team? The one that they have fun doing. And that's why we go through the activities and we, and we look at what are, when they wake up in the morning, what are they naturally tending towards to and where are they exceeding in terms of results? These things then we, we want to simplify and make more repeatable and more fun. There are eight principles of doing, of creating that uh, trigger that makes them more fun. But one of them is to have to simplify it. So if a process is in five sentences, then that makes more fun than you have to read the whole book. The next thing is to get immediate feedback. Think of angry birds. You shoot the bird and then it says 500 points. You shoot it again, it says 600 points. What do you want to do next? Shoot another one. Exactly. I haven't played it yet, but I'm, I'm with you. Exactly. And even if you see, even if you don't play, it, it works, right? Because it's this momentum, the flow. Michael Csikszentmihalyi called this the, one of the principles of flow. And, and, and that is what we apply, all the principles of flow. So make it small, make it a daily habit, make it repeatable, have it make it closed loop so it gives you immediate feedback. There is no right or wrong and it's always fun to see what comes out, so the curiosity element. And then you want to see to go up. So there must be a visual element. So we create dashboards, spreadsheets that give you a dashboard and say, look, the number of tasks uh, creates a result that is going up. 
And so our clients have a dashboard with three main numbers. We help them find out what are, what are the three most important numbers for you to know that your business is going in the right direction at the right pace. And usually one number is around revenue, one number is around uh, impact, and one uh, uh, number is around client satisfaction. So with these three numbers, they have this dashboard, and now it's like Angry Birds for them. So every seven days, that's the sprint method, there is a daily habit, a weekly habit, and a monthly habit. The weekly habit is that you get these three numbers reported every seven days, and so you see what's going on instead of knowing every month what's going on because yeah feedback is, is is critical it's a motivator and when we get it more often right i'm if i'm trying to lose weight i'm on the scale at least once a day usually more and using that information to determine do i need to work out a little bit more change my diet so it does help me make those adjustments and i'm i, I see how that could be Really, really helpful. That's cool. Excellent. Yeah. So let's go back to one other thing you said a while ago, Simon. You talked about showing, at least I heard it as showing and not telling, um, from a leadership standpoint. You know, we need to be able to demonstrate right, what it is that we want. So so let's talk a little bit more about that, please, because I'm, I'm curious to know from your standpoint, from a, how, how do leaders... What, what does it really mean to lead? You know, again, we're talking about showing here. So it's about demonstration. What does that look like? How can leaders utilize showing and utilize, um, you know, walking a mile in their, in their team member shoes, that whole idea? How do they utilize that more to motivate people, to guide them, and to make sure that they get the outcomes that they want? So my principle is do what you say and say what you do. And uh, I try to make it very transparent. I try to work in public as much as possible to, to really have transparency and accessibility to everything that I do and to all the results or not results that I have. We live with this daily, weekly, and monthly habit. So teaching would be our clients need to install this but living it means that I am the first one to do it every day. So for example, the daily habit that we install with our clients is the daily habit of writing down the flow of their day and then every evening asking themselves, which of these tasks that I did today could tomorrow do somebody else even better than me? And the second reflective question is, if I would live more freely and more intentionally, what would I do? And these are the, the, the two questions, we call it the daily flow. And now what I do by example is I do the daily flow myself. Here it is. This is what all our clients are doing. But every day I am, I am doing it myself. So I say what I do and I do what I say and everybody has access to this and I post it uh, even publicly. So that's the first thing. The, the second thing, the weekly habit, getting all these numbers. I have my dashboards and uh, we have the marketing numbers, the ops numbers and the sales numbers reported every seven days. I make screenshots of this and uh, we, we share it with the whole community, not just with our team, with the whole community. For example, on Instagram, every month I show all our metrics, the most important numbers of our business. You can see them every month live on Instagram. They are there, shared for everybody. That's what I mean. I do not 
tell people what they should do. I do what I think is the right thing to do. I I think about what is the right way of doing it. And then I literally screenshot it and I share it. Uh Some people will say, oh, look, he has three levels of profitability. For example, last month on Instagram, I I showed our, our own numbers and somebody said, what, you have three profit numbers? I didn't even know there are three kinds of profits that I could measure. So they did learn, but not not by me teaching about different profit numbers, but just by sharing how I measure my cash flow. Nice. That's, that's an example. So I'm just curious, and this is going to be my last question for this segment. Um, you know, what, what I'm finding about this conversation, and we did not know each other before, you know, sometimes I get on a podcast with somebody who I have a, an existing relationship with. Um, this is our first time literally having any type of interaction, um, but I'm extremely impressed with not only your process, but the the, the mindset behind it, the authenticity, um, this desire to be transparent. Uh, I'm just curious, where did that come from? Was it motivated by a family member? Was it something that you saw modeled for you? Uh, is it a book that you read? We, you know, we don't necessarily, some people come to it on their own and it's possible that that's the case here. But I think because we live in a world that is so fake in many ways, where people are posting things that are really not a true reflection of who they are, they want to look different, they want to look better and more glamorous, or they're just afraid of putting themselves out there. This level of genuineness, of authenticity is more rare than it should be. So I'm, I'm curious to know how you got to this point, because I think it's going to help, certainly help me, uh, but I would imagine it's going to help all of Lead to Succeed Nation better understand what showing up and being authentic really means and how to do it consistently. I am inspired by people. And so in, in our community, we have a mastermind with 64 people. We meet every 14 days in Zoom. It's, it's from all over the world. And one of these persons, Ali Abdal, he's a 26-year-old person that inspire me continuously. He is a YouTuber. He's a doctor and YouTuber. He has over 2 million followers on YouTube. He's a superstar on YouTube. And um, what I love about him is that he works in public. He's always sharing life as a doctor, life as a YouTuber, my income as a YouTuber, in a way that is so real and so relatable that it, it touches me a lot in a world, as you say, where I can I never know who to trust. So I myself, of course, I, I also book Uh, business coaches for our own things. Sometimes we need to solve this bottleneck, sometimes the other bottleneck. And so, of course, I hire coaches. And whenever I have to hire a coach, I, I find intransparency. They promise a lot, but it's really hard to find out, hey, how are these people really? Sure. And I never, I never get this. And so it is my longing that people show me how they are. And so this process, being inspired by Ali in our masterminds, uh, being myself somebody who has a deep need for authentic relationships and less bullshit, uh, I want to hang out with people who are real 
And so my thing was, hey, what if I do it like Ali? I will tell just everybody where I suck at and where I am at and what I am learning and what I am striving for. I have enough confidence to know that I can tell you where I suck at this month. Next month, I will be better at it. So I'm we'll a learning. Get you back on the podcast then. <laughs> yes, I'm a learning creature, and uh, and we improve every week with our method. So um, I have the confidence to do that, and so that's why I started it. And um, and then of course there is the technological shift. Everybody being able to be a creator now with YouTube and with your phone, you can you can just create content, and that's the beautiful sure. thing coming together. And I was like, hey, let's just have the courage to work more in public. Yeah, and that that courage is a big piece. I was actually just listening to, I'm forgetting his name now, really, really uh, good guy, professor up in in Canada. Um, It'll come to me, but talking about that whenever we start something new, we're always going to look like a fool, right? We're always going to look bad because we don't have the skill yet. Right. We Absolutely. need to, we need to develop it. We need to and, and we have to be comfortable enough in our own skin and be willing to forgive ourselves for looking bad up front with the understanding that if we push ourselves, we will, in fact, get better. And sometimes to the point where it could, could really, really serve us down the road, but we'll never know unless we try. So that was a great segment, Simon. Um, I'd like to shift now to the rapid fire. That's where we go quickly through some things. Unfortunately, can't elaborate, though I'm sure you have a lot of reasoning behind it. I'd love to start with a famous person, could be living, could be deceased, that you'd love to do lunch with if you could. I'd love to meet Marcus Aurelius. Ooh, stoicism. Yeah. Nice. Okay, a quote that you live by and refer to often. No prototype, no meeting. No prototype, no meeting. Nice. Okay. Um, Something cool about living in Italy, because I know that that's where you're from, that many people don't know about. Oh, that they don't know about. Yeah, something a little bit like if I, I'd have to go there and kind of like discover it. The Ionian coast of Calabria. Tell me one more sentence about it. And there is there is no airport there, so nobody knows it. But it's 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 one of the most beautiful parts of the Mediterranean. Clean water, no infrastructure, no tourism, and um, beautiful beaches. Beautiful. Okay, and the last one, a focus of mine, and certainly something I'd love to hear your take on, and that is a productivity tip to help us get more done. What I like to do is to have, and this tip is for people who have more than two kids. <laughs> okay. I, I, I qualify. Go ahead. <laughs> so if you have more than two kids, my tip is do your me time before everybody wakes up. So what I do is I need for me at least one hour of running every day in nature, because that's, that's how I'm wired. And so I do that before my kids wake up. And, and that is really my productivity habit number one, because then when they wake up, we, we play and then we make breakfast for them, etc. But I have already taken care of myself. Now I can serve them. Then I can serve my team. But in that order. 
So let's let's wrap this up, Simon, by letting everybody in Lead to Succeed Nation know how they can get in touch with you, learn more about your systems and ways that you could help people to really accelerate their businesses. You find us at strategiesprints.com and we hang out everywhere. We are social animals, strategy sprints. If you Google it, you'll 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 find us everywhere. And on Instagram, that's where I show the metrics. That's also strategy sprints. And we hang out in a Facebook group, which is a private Facebook group called Entrepreneurship in Sprints. But if you say you come from Naftali, then I will let you in. Entrepreneurship in Sprints. Nice. Okay, Simon, you've given us a tremendous amount. I'm going to be a little bit grabby and ask for one more. Leave us, please, with a final life lesson. Niche down even more. Do something that nobody else can do because that's your uniqueness. And um, there are nine steps to do. You can do them in 30 minutes. If you go to strategiesprints.com slash equalizer, this will help you do the nine steps. Don't do what others are doing. Nice. I love it. And it's so true because when I got started, I wanted to help everybody. Um, I would be a coach, a consultant to this or that. And as time has gone on, I've really started to better understand not only my audience, but what it is that I offer. And I know a lot of people are in a similar situation. So thank you for that. Uh, it's really been a pleasure. I've learned a ton in our time together, and uh, I'm certainly looking forward to deepening our relationship over time. Simon, thank you again. And uh, wishing you much continued success. Thank you so much, everybody. Keep rolling. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you can lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives the show more social proof and encourages more folks to listen. 